You're listening to Your Woo Woo Best Friend, a no BS approach to wellness, spirituality, manifestation, and all things mystical. Hello, it's Andy. Welcome back to Your Woo Woo Best Friend. It is early August. We have just come through the Lionsgate portal. It's Leo season. Every year on and around August 8th, the Lionsgate portal opens, giving us a powerful opportunity to amplify our manifestation powers. It's a time of increased cosmic energy flowing between the physical and spiritual realms. And if you're wondering what this portal offers, you can expect your energies to be supercharged, your creation capabilities to be magnified, and those manifestation powers turned way up. So if you're listening and it's like well past the date of August 8th, perhaps just note it in your calendar for future. And at the same time, here's the thing. We have the power to tap into abundance and the energy of abundance mastery, creativity, and our manifestation powers anytime. The more we gain crystal clarity on what it is that we want, the more we tap into our vortex, as Abraham Hicks calls it, connect deeply to our desires and align our humanly desires to that of our inner being, the more we act as if it is already ours, the faster our manifestations arrive. So activating your subconscious mind and expanding the bounds of your reality is available to you all the time. I'm going to give you a quick exercise before we get into today's interview. This is called a vision recalibration. And I encourage you before you sit down to do this exercise, or if you're driving and listening to the show, you can just do this in your mind. But go ahead and move your body for a minute, access your playful, creative energy, do a little dancing it out, allow yourself to have some fun and consider your joy over seriousness in your response to these prompts that I'm about to give you. I was listening to, speaking of Abraham Hicks, I've been doing a lot of listening to Abraham Hicks lately, and there was a couple of episodes of the podcast Infinite Intelligence in which The audience member says that in order to up their own personal, playful, creative energy, expand their auric glow so that infinite intelligence would invite them to the microphone to ask their question, they thought about their dogs. So sometimes that's a really great way to approach this. Think about something that brings you ultimate joy. In the case of these couple of audience members, they were like, My dog brings me ultimate joy. So much glow comes into my life when I think about my dog. So whatever that is for you, take just a second and think about it. And then, as you do, let's do this vision recalibration. So my first question for you is this. Take a moment and reflect. What are you proud of? What today, sitting here, feeling joy, are you proud of? And then the next question is, how do you feel? 
In this moment, how do you feel? And if there is something that you could change, what would it be? And what would you release? And then, who are your new expanders? Who are those people that you look to and you see them living their life and you think, yeah, I'd like to have some of that in my life. I'm lit up by what they're up to. I'll take a bit of their joy and make that joy my joy. Who are your expanders? Your new ones specifically. And then when you begin to think about your future, what is it that you envision? Okay, there you go. That's your vision recalibration. So, as you consider your vision, I want to share with you today a new offering that I have for you to celebrate your vision recalibration. Over the past few months, I've been hearing from this community loud and clear, you want to work one-on-one with me. And I haven't done that in a long time, to be really honest. I've been doing a lot of group experiences, group programs. And so I am hearing you. I am listening. And as a special offer to this community, I'm offering very rare soul strategy readings for anyone ready to receive intuition-led energetic guidance and clarity of purpose. In these sessions, here's what we're going to be doing. I'll use your unique human design and North Node astrology charts to guide you in one of these four areas. So you'll choose what you want to focus on. You can choose finding your highest self. So we'll focus on discovering your calling and living with purpose. Or you could choose getting clarity on a big decision that you're trying to make right now. So maybe it's a big move, a change in your career path, starting a business, something like that. Another option would be diagnosing misalignments. So if something is feeling really off in your life, but you're not quite sure what it is, we'll work together on that. And then lastly, the The fourth thing you could choose is releasing blocks because we all have them. So we'll work on going from feeling stuck and then taking an opportunity to create forward momentum. So if you're interested in a soul strategy reading and you want to focus on one of those four key areas, you can book that. I'll put a link in the show notes And we're doing this through the month of August. If you're listening to this episode and it's well past the month of August, if everyone's loving this and you guys are like, please, let's do more of this, I may bring these back again. So just check back. Okay, okay. All right, so let's meet today's show guest. Today I have Daniel Mangana. Dan is someone who works with people who already know that their thoughts, energy, and subconscious beliefs can create a life with abundance. He works with what he calls abundance mastery. He's been featured all over the place. He's been on CNN, CBS, Fox, The Jack Canfield Show, Forbes Magazine, Entrepreneur Magazine, and his mission is to spread his teachings with an intention to spearhead an evolutionary uplift and universal consciousness by awakening people to the importance of their unique role and enabling them to manifest their dream life. Let's get into it. 
Welcome, Dan, to the show. Wait. <laughs> Isn't she lovely? Andy is wonderful. Okay, I didn't even ask for that, but I'm getting it. That's so great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Hi, how are you? I'm groovy. Lovely good, to good, see good. you again. Second time in 24 hours. I oh, know. Third time, actually, because I was yeah. stalking your Instagram today, liking things and watching reels. And I came to your live this morning to listen to your Q&A. So look at there us. There you go. You, th- look at that. We're just like multiplying the connections. I love it. Yeah. We're clearly automatically besties after one conversation. We just wanted to hang out like three more times. Hello, totes. Yes. <laughs> so good. So good. <laughs> uh, so good to see you. Okay. So... Let's talk a little bit about you. Yesterday, we recorded an episode for your show. We talked a bit about what I'm up to. So now I get to ask you all sorts of good stuff about you. So tell me a little bit about your story and Mm -hmm. how you got started in doing this work that you do, helping people with financial abundance and finding more joy and living Mm -hmm. their best life. How did this Mm -hmm. mission find you? Uh, It it dragged me. (laughs) (laughs) As they often do. <laughs> I mean, we've heard the stories. Of, oh, my life was so empty, and I didn't know what to do, and I didn't, I didn't have purpose and direction. I was actually living my best life. So, put this into context: I made and lost two multi-million pound fortunes by the age of twenty-three. So, by the time that I got to the point in my life where this work was knocking on my door, mm-hmm. I was like, I've kind of got my crap together now. I don't want to mix this up. I don't want to bring anyone into my safe bubble. I had great friends. I had a business that worked. I worked a few hours a week with my consulting company. Um, I had great relationships with my family. I was taking care of my body. I was traveling, doing it first class. I had a tailor, lovely home in London. The idea of mixing it up to go and be a poor teacher, which is what I had (laughs) in my mind, is what I had to be. Yeah. Like, I like nice stuff. That that, that wasn't really going to work out for me. Um, so I didn't, I didn't have like this, oh, yes, and I want to save the world. Didn't want to do that. I kind of just wanted to keep everything nice and safe. And so what happened, hilariously, was that uh, I had very much some Jonah and the whale-ness going on mm-hmm. in my life. So it was about 2016 when the knocking started to get a bit louder. Like 2016, hello, come and share your light. No, thank you. Nobody's home. Leave me alone. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> Uh, it got louder and louder and louder. And like the divine just kept bringing people into my life for me to help. But, like, I don't want to help these people. I just like want to keep going and hang out with my friends in different parts of the world and, and enjoy my life. This doesn't really work for me. And so I kept running away. And then what happened was is that um, I had this whole thing with this other company where we did like a, a share swap. Okay. So I paid because their company was bigger and making more money. I paid them a load of money to get one third of theirs and they got two third of my business and it was kind of a pseudo merger they stayed separate but we ended up with like a third each then the regulations changed in the uk and their business became defunct overnight so i ended up paying to give away two thirds of my business oh my which wasn't fun and then um then they realized well one of the guys really which is really funny i don't want to get into all the politics but they brought in another partner who didn't have a cut of my business. He kind of, they were trying to build something with him and they built me, brought me into that. And then two of the guys were like, we want to get rid of the other guy. And I was like, no, that's not the right thing to do. And then the other guy who I backed basically orchestrated a coup to steal my business from me. Oh, no. So I went oh, from 
you know, doing a hundred grand UK ish plus on a monthly month basis, live my best life to business gone. Basically, they just wow. gutted it. Took clients, took service providers, everything. So I was like, oh, okay. So <laughs> the thing that was standing in the way is gone now. And that's when it actually hit me that I was saying no to my purpose because I didn't trust that I was going to be looked after to live life on my own terms if I lived my purpose. Mm. And as soon as I had that realization, I had like a few clients come into me directly and I was able to put together a few hundred grand and I was like, I was kind of like stable. I thought, oh, this is good. And so I was in this, at this crossroads where it's like, well, I can just scale down what I was doing and stay in business or I can maybe explore this other thing. I was like, oh, I'll see what to do. I was kind of in this. So this was like a three, four month period. I was kind of in this limbo land. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? 13th of February, 2018, fast forward. I'm at this meditation retreat in the mountains of Santa Fe, New Mexico. It was very, very cold. The meditation retreat hadn't really done it for me. It had been a bit whack, to be honest. No disrespect, but I didn't really get anything <laughs> from it. It was just like I couldn't drop in. It was just a bit mad. And then the Monday after the event had finished, a lot of us had gone out to go and do a walk of meditation in the morning, 6.30-ish, really cold, hot pockets, gloves, earmuffs, the whole thing. And I had this, poof, no word of light, Andy, full three-dimensional virtual reality experience mm. of exactly what my life would be like if I stopped running away from the invitation to go and do the thing and just did the thing. That day, I shut down the website. I walked away from about mm, $3.5 million of contracts potentially on the table and just walked away and, um, and just decided to go all in with what we do now. And, and here I am four years later. Yeah, no, no big shift there. No big no. moment. Just casually. Bit, bit half-assed raise it really, isn't it? casually stepping <laughs> over the, to the other side. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, pretty, that's pretty incredible. And, you know, I think for a lot of us, we don't get that 3D smack in the face where we just stay in this, in this, in this, you know, cloud. And even though the meditation retreat maybe wasn't doing something for you, there was a reason you were there to have that 100%. exact awareness at that moment. And 100%. I mean, look, look at the difference you're having the opportunity to make in the world now. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So what do you, with all the people that you've worked with, which has been many, many people globally, what do you find is typically one of the one or two things that is kind of hanging out in people's minds that keeps us in that cloud so that we don't allow that 3D moment of the purpose staring us in the face to mm -hmm. take us to the next level. What, what's usually going on with folks when that's the case? Addiction to who they are. Yeah. Mm. Um, I mean... It's, it's, it's really fascinating for me to watch somebody like slide into victimhood mm -hmm. and it's not like they're trying to be a victim. It's the lens, the victim lens just has them looking at the world through, oh my God, this is trying to get at me or, you know, it's not going to work out. And we just end up in this vicious cycle of addiction to, and it's real because, you know, every emotional state that we're in is creating different chemicals and hormones in the body. And yeah. you ask a heroin addict what's going on, they won't tell you what's going on, but literally the chemicals and hormones being released in the brain, going out into the body, has them feeling a certain way, and then the brain gets hooked on that experience, and then they, you know, do whatever they need to do to go and get the drug. And yet people do that with victimhood, people do that with not with unworthiness, people do that with feeling less than. And so many of us are, are going through this journey of 
letting go of that addiction so that we're free to step into new experience of who we are. I'd say that's probably mm. probably the biggest thing that I see in some way, shape or form. Yeah, I saw a, I think it maybe was an Instagram post you had the other day and you were, it was from one of your Q&As, I think. And the question was along the lines of, why is it the rich keep getting ri- richer? And I mean, you know what I'm talking about. I was like, yeah, oh, damn, he just went there. Um, yeah, and so their full question was, why do the rich get richer and why do I stay here where I yeah. am? And yeah. give, me a, give me a little synopsis of what your response to that was or is when you get that question. I just want to let the listeners know, I'm not as brutal as I'm about to sound all the time, but I kind of am. No, but I'm, I'm, I'm the guy that cuts through the fluff, right? But it's like, as long as you're putting yourself in the box of the, of the other than rich, then how the yeah. dickens can you expect to have the experience? Like you're claiming the identity of the person who hasn't got and expecting yourself to join the ranks of those that do. Doesn't make sense. Now, I'm not saying run around and saying, I'm rich, I'm wealthy. Oh, yes, you know, I've got the abundance. No, I'm saying commit to that identity as something that you're going to move towards and do the work. Mm-hmm. Come and go through the, the visioning process with you, for example, and get that in. But as long as you've got this separation then you're going to end up playing out the actions, habits, mindset, beliefs, emotional state, chemicals and hormones of that identity and keep having that experience. You can't get the new until you let go of the old. Yeah. Yeah. And subconsciously, when when you ask that question about the rich being getting richer and why am mm-hmm. I stuck here, you have mm-hmm. already made the decision that you are not going there where they are. You've made, the, you've made, the, you've made that decision. I, I had like one of my beloved friends, I'm not going to call her out, but we've been friends for like a decade or whatever it is. And she's always, she's in the UK and she's always posting these, yeah, the richer, the scum of the earth. I'm like, babe, what about me? Oh, does it include you, dad? Does it include you? But like, we've got this whole thing of like bashing on people who have accomplished because of the behaviors of some of those who have accomplished. Are all rich people nice? No. Are all broke people nice? No. Are all middle class people nice? No. You get twats in all of these camps, right? But having this energy of resistance to an experience mm-hmm. of being abundant, having your needs met, because you're clamping onto the experience that you've probably even just heard of, of a pocket within that group, is just going to hold you in this resistant, antagonistic, battling polarity with it, which probably is going to leave you in struggle and financial strife, which is what we get to see all the time. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so, it's so true. And we talk a lot about expanders in our community and Mm -hmm. centering yourself with people that you aspire to be more like. And Mm -hmm. if you are creating this story that the people that you actually wish you were more like are actually (laughs) bad guys, it's going to be really hard to go hang out in that in their space. Really hard. (laughs) <laughs> really yeah, hard. yeah. Especially if you've got a decent moral compass as well. Hmm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I think we we have that question come up a lot in this in this space because there is a component of the work that we're doing through we we and through this podcast that is focused around spirituality. And there's this idea that well, can I be spiritual and can I also be abundant? Mm-hmm. And that is. Of course, I believe, of course we can. And we mm-hmm. can only be our most spiritual when we're living in our abundance and our truth and, uh-huh. our, and fully, fully, fully stepping into that. Um, clicks for you, but there's, clicks for you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, but that's something that you speak to so 
so frequently it's it's just that's the power is stepping mm-hmm. into your own abundance what what does true abundance mean to you so i talk about um something i call the triangle to abundance and what that does it just breaks down like a few groups of experience group groupings of experience that we can find ourselves in the first are called scarcity next stability next freedom and then abundance and these aren't tied to the amount of money that you've got i want to make sure that people understand that because there's somebody Mm -hmm. making a million dollars a day that's in scarcity and i'll explain why because this triangle is about not just physically but also mentally and emotionally being able to live life on your own terms so when you're in scarcity you don't have the mental physical and or emotional resources to live life on your own terms at stability you have that ability however It's tied to you exchanging time and energy for it. So it could be that you're working in your business instead of on your business. It could mean that if you stop working, your business doesn't make any money, you need a job or whatever. Freedom then is that I live life on my own terms without the need to exchange time and energy. So it could be that your business is automated. It could be that you've got an investment portfolio or you've got sufficient capital that will last you long enough for you to live on and still live life on your own terms. Then abundance moves beyond that because that's when I'm at a point where all of my needs are met and there's an overflow that allows me to pour from the saucer and not from the cup. Very, very important also is that this can't be contingent. It means that my overflow is set up to just do its thing and that overflow gives me the choice to be of service and to pour into others from that overflow. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's what we know in this work that both you and I get to do is that when more good people with a great moral compass who are living in their truth make great money, more good happens in the world. And so we, when we're considering abundance, it looks, it looks like so many things. And Mm -hmm. it also is absolutely beautiful if you get to enjoy and love and live your life in a really fantastic way too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I yeah. just want to just quickly just call attention to something beautiful that, that, that bounces off something that you said. And that's when we start asking this question about whether or not I can be spiritual and have money, we're literally tying the concept of our spirituality to something as nominal as numbers that are on a screen. Yeah. Oh, so there good. are numbers on a screen somewhere that someone arbitrarily creates or dis- makes disappear just by clicking some buttons and voting on something. And you're tying the truth of who we are, our spiritual nature, the most truthful part of us that we experience through physical form, to numbers on a screen. And that connection just is ludicrous to me. Like, am I spiritual because I've got numbers on a screen or not? The two are not connected until we start to use them as an excuse for us to not live life on our own terms, to not live life fully, or not to claim the truth of the fact that we are deeply spiritual in nature. Mm. Yeah, so good, so good. What is empowered money management? <laughs> Let's talk about oh, that. God. Oh, God. Um, so, yeah. someone asked me once, do you save? And I said, no, I don't save. What do you mean you don't save? That's reckless behavior. And I said, well, well, let's look at what saving is. Saving is putting money aside in case, for in case something goes wrong or setting money aside to enjoy life at some point in the future instead of enjoying it now. Neither of those are abundant perspectives. The action that I take may look to you to be saving, but I've got a different name and a different intention behind it. I continually invest a portion of my income and my revenues into 
new things because I want to honor the natural order of growth. I'm not doing it for some point in the future. I'm doing it because money is a currency. It's like a life force that needs to move. And therefore, I don't have it sitting stagnant. I've always got it growing and going to do new things and to expand the opportunity for me to have more choice going into the future. So Empowered Money Management is looking at what you might look to be sensible activities and actions around your money, but really doing them from a place of abundance, very consciously instead of from a place of lack. So I do have pockets, you know, buckets that my money goes into. I do pay myself a salary from my business, not because I'm trying to be miserly, but because I truly believe that my business is an organism and I want it to live life more fully in and of itself and to have the opportunity to express itself. So therefore, I don't just willy-nilly start taking things out of it. I have a conscious relationship from what goes into it, what goes out to it, so that we can have a conscious relationship that allows it to grow. So Empowered Money Management is just changing the relationship to some of these sensible behaviors and doing them from an abundant place. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that shift from the idea of saving to investing with the laws of growth, when we think about investing versus saving, it's just shifting the narrative to a growth, to a growth conversation. That's it. Yeah. I mean, if I'm saving for a rainy day, I'm effectively opening myself up to the manifestation of a rainy day. Right. Totally. You're just like, it's coming. So I'm going to go ahead and hunker down and get ready for it. Exactly. Yeah. Versus I'm growing, I'm evolving beautiful things are coming my way. And so I am placing my money into places where those things can occur. Yeah. Law of growth. Law of growth. Yeah. Such a beautiful shift. Mm. So we have a lot of folks in this community who are passionate creatives. They're considering perhaps finding a way to work for themselves in some Mm -hmm. way. And they they're fearful. They, they're nervous. What, what might this look like? What are some top tips that you have for someone who's just taking that leap to really explore their passions and they want to they wanna feel safe to do so from a financial perspective as well? Okay. Well, I first would say compassionately look to where your limitations are. And I don't mean that in a limiting way, but I mean in a real way. Like we all have skills, we all have aptitudes, we all have things that we can't do all that well. There's nothing wrong with that. That actually is a beautiful opportunity for us to move into collaboration with people who have those gaps to fill the skills to fill those gaps that we've got within our own skills base. So if you're, you know, creative, you might not be the best business person. I'm not really the best business person in the world. But what I do have is I have people that I bring into my sphere who take care of those businessy things, making sure that we've got the numbers in where they need to be to honor those universal, uh, to honor those collective agreements that we have around how business functions and works to, to, to honor the structures that are in place already for us to have. I mean, reinventing the world for me doesn't make any sense, just doesn't make any sense at all. When there are structures which can be optimized and used to our benefit, just use them to your benefit by having that support. Um, know your numbers. Like if you're thinking about going away from employment and going into entrepreneurship, what are your numbers? How much do you need in order to at least meet those minimums so you can still be stable, still be in stability? And ask yourself honestly, do the gifts that I plan to exchange for money sit within my belief system, not possibility, but within my belief system about being able to meet that? Because it doesn't matter about infinite possibility and what's in the quantum field. If I don't hold the belief that what I have to give is going to match that, then I'm probably going to struggle to get there. And you don't want to be going into the jungle of entrepreneurship, uh, doubting Mm -hmm. whether you'll even be able to come back alive. That's just not a really good place to be in at all. 
Mm. Yeah, no, it isn't. It isn't. And it's absolutely okay to continue to do what you need to do to feel safe and secure as you start to grow. I I think sometimes we hear like, you just got to like jump off the cliff or like run into the fire. And sometimes that's like more of like a, just maybe get your repelling gear and repel slowly down the cliff the first time, especially. Yeah. I mean, it's imperative that we remain in what I call a conducive space to create. Mm-hmm. And if you're in fight or flight, if you're in stress, the cortisol, your, your, your allostatic load is off, your cortisol levels are high, you're not going to be able to function mentally effectively. You're, not, you're no good to anybody. right? Your, your gifts aren't going to be shared in the most radiant way, and you're not going to be able to serve in the most graceful way. So it's really, really I can't really stress the importance of maintaining and conducive space to create. And that might mean that you keep a part-time job. One thing I'm passionate about is stopping this job shaming stuff. People, oh, you know, my nine to five. Be grateful to the nine to five for supporting you in being able to do what you need to do. Be grateful. Be grateful to the side gig that's allowing you to, to do your passion. And what you'll find is then that the divine is able to bless you with more resources so that you can actually move beyond needing to do these things and to more fully embracing the ability to live life on your own terms in every area. Totally. Completely, completely co-sign on that approach. So good. So good. Okay. So we also have folks in this community who have businesses that they're now hitting six figures, maybe multiple six figures. They're excited. They're proud. They're growing. And they're thinking about, all right, how do I now take this business that's a six-figure business and turn it into a million-dollar business? So what are some Mm -hmm. of the habits or practices or even um, systems that someone might shift as a six-figure business owner to become a million-dollar business owner? Okay. Well, one thing I I love to to do is just to to just break this illusion that a a million-dollar business is that big a deal. It's, it's really not. A million dollar business is a business that's making $83,333 a month. That's it. It's 20, just over 20 grand a week. So go ask yourself, do I hold the belief system that what I offer as a product or service can generate revenues to the tune of from five day a week, you know, four grand a day, and if you're working seven days a week or whatever, a bit less or automated or whatever. Um, there are 8 billion people pretty much in the world. Um, there's probably at least a couple billion that speak your language or a language that you can translate into. It's just a matter of asking one of two questions. Do I solve a big enough problem that allows me to charge sufficiently to make that $83,333 a month? Mm, or a big so enough good. problem that I can actually serve millions of people, hundreds of thousands of people to the tune of 83,333 a month. Another powerful thing I, I learned, um, it's called the 100,000 tr- tr- true fans. If you want a six-figure business, you just need a 1,000 people that are willing to invest $100 with you annually or a 1,000 or 100 people that are willing to invest 1,000 with you annually. Times that by 10, you've got a million-dollar business. A thousand people that you can get to spend a thousand, a hundred people to spend ten thousand, ten thousand people to, to, to spend a hundred. And it really comes down to, are you solving a problem that sits on those scales? All money comes from and through other people. It's just cut the crap. It's not a magical thing that disappears, appears out of the sky. I solve problem 
I provide value, I get numbers on the screen in exchange. If I can do that to the tune of $83,333 a month, I've got a million dollar business and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Breaking it down that way makes it, well, first it's, it's, what I love first is you have to check yourself and go, oh, do I believe that I'm worth that? Do I believe that I am of, that my gifts are of value to, to, to reach that sort of threshold each month? And if I mm-hmm. don't believe that, well, I got to do some work on that first before yeah, I even start to think about the systems. Well, yeah, or go, or go get, get a, a job, job. <laughs> while you, while you work on the mindset. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Yeah. And then you can start to look at, okay, what systems do I need now mm-hmm. that, I, now that I'm, now that I'm solid in my value. I'm solid in my worth. And I know that, that mm-hmm. the, the challenge that I'm solving is great enough to, to make this happen. Now you can go and start to sort out what systems and exactly. all the things you're going to need to make it happen. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, and you'll yeah. generally find that um, one of the things we teach with our money DNA concept is this idea that when you have got that belief system ready to accept it, when you've got that clarity on the problem that you solve and where it sits on that scale, there is going to be a natural way that you flow into that. So it's not even hustling. We love to get people making millions or whatever and not even spending 20% of the energy and time and resources that they were before. The Pareto principle, which I'm sure you're aware of, being a boardroom boss babe that you are, um, (laughs) and probably some of your listeners too, is that 80% of your results are coming from 20% of what you're doing anyway. So when you've got that clarity, when you've got that level of belief, which just comes from accepting that it's not really that big a deal anyway, then you could start to look at, okay, well, from how I'm, what I'm doing now in my six-figure, my multi-six-figure business, where are my sales coming from? Is it coming from ads traffic? And if it's not, why are you still doing ads? If it's coming from affiliates and joint ventures and partnerships, why not double down on that? Start getting on podcasts, mm-hmm. start going to networking, start joining masterminds. Rather than giving you know Facebook 10 grand a month, why not spend 10 grand a year joining a really solid mastermind that's going to have you great partnerships, right? If ads have been doing it for you, then why not work out what kind of ad on what platform rather than peppering it everywhere and just focus on that thing and allow it to flow to you? Mm-hmm. All too often, people are spending time, energy, resources, mental energy on that 80% that's not even doing anything when you can just trim it down to the 20 and fly. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's so it's so great when you're getting when you're starting your business or as you're starting to grow your business to try all those things out and see what works and then really dial in. And if you haven't mm. considered joining a mastermind for example or taking mm-hmm. taking the opportunity to explore ads, go test all those things out, see what works for you, talk to some yeah, folks exactly. who have done it, done it really well and see what you can employ in your business that will work for you. Exactly. Yeah, love that. Okay, so with all the folks that you've had an opportunity to empower all around the globe, tell us a story about a really transformational experience you've been able to witness from someone really taking this work that you teach and implementing it without giving away their name, of course. Okay. Tell me tell me a story about a, a great transformation. Inspire right, us. So th- this one wasn't... I'm going to tell you two stories, both of them pretty quick. The first one I'm going to give, it's Bobby, nickname. So people in my community often end up getting really cool nicknames. I call (laughs) them cool because I make them up. So Bobby, if you're listening, what up, mama? Um, So Bobby came to an event that I'd earlier in my career, came to an event I did in uh, Florida. In fact, it was that trip to Florida that I was on when I got the invitation to come to Cabo for three days and I stayed. And that's why I live in Cabo. So 
there we go shout out to that so she comes to the event um i i think there were like i don't know 30 people in this workshop that i did everyone got the opportunity to get a free call at the end seven people took up the call she was one of the seven but she actually did everything that i asked her to do so i said okay i see you you did everything that i asked you to do about three months later i launched micro to millions uh we've been going four years now and um She's like, oh, dad, I really want to do micro to millions, but I haven't got the money to do it. I can't afford it. I said, do you know what? Join, and whenever you can, just pay me some money. Like, I, I know you're going to do the work. So we did it. Within a year and a half, she was in our six-figure club. But more importantly mm. than that, that particular group that I was doing the workshop for, I was invited there by a friend who um, had a, a group for adults that were dealing with the, the dark side of having alcoholic parents. And so they were dealing with the trauma of that, they were dealing with the stress of that. And so we were looking at how Beyond Intention can support them in really applying the work that they were getting from being a part of that group. She healed a relationship with her parents. She's now in a loving relationship with a lovely yummy man. Um, they bought a house together. She's living her best life with the business that she's built. All of that came from her literally just in faith following through with what she was asked to do so i love that because it's not just about money you know she's got romantic relationship relationship with parents is healed and also got the money to be able to do that too she was really excited that she got the opportunity to to volunteer from a, a turtle release or something charity that she got to do in the mornings that was really great for her and to, to do her art um that kind of stuff makes me really really happy yeah. um the other really quick story i'll tell you um uh, Josh, I would say his name anyway, because I always tell his story and he laughs at me about it. Uh, again, Michael Tamillion's launch didn't have the money to pay in full after a three-part payment plan. Um, starts getting people paying money back out of the blue. But let me tell the funny thing. So I'm woo-woo as fudge. My work allows people who aren't as woo-woo to kind of dive into the woo-woo and the woo-woo people to get the, the solid stuff right it's all mixed up mm -hmm. but every now and then you get someone that doesn't really get the woo-woo stuff so he's you know we've got the facebook group of people like i could see my money in the field he's like dad what's this field what are they feel the field that they're talking about i don't know what's going on <laughs> they're talking about this quantum stuff i'm lost i thought i think i'm in the wrong place uh, i need out i need out can i get money back i was like dude i can give you your money back or you can just sit tight and just trust that this is going to work out anyway people just start paying him back money money that he'd written off is not coming people just started paying him back then his business partner's like hey dude here's 25 grand to invest in the business to grow the business then he finds out this is all within 30 days then he finds out that he's a beneficiary of a four million dollar was it seven million dollar class action lawsuit then within six six months his business was doing six figures a month and has been continuing to do so for the last four years he's killing the game now internationally recognized in, in his industry but the funny thing was is that he didn't really get it and but he trusted again he trusted i might not get all the funny words that people are using but i'm just going to follow through and do the actions and he got the results just trust in the process josh and it and look what happened and look what just happens trust in the process yeah. Yeah. So, so good. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. So if someone's listening and they're like, oh yeah, I think I need, I need to be hanging out in this space <laughs> where these folks were. I want to trust the process too. What do, what do you have going on these days that people can get into? Uh, there's always something going on. Um, for the past month or so, we've been doing this thing where every week we do something that's of service that I do live. 
um, in our community. And we just did a really cool abundance activation challenge last week. Um, next week, I'm doing a, a live Money Blocks event. Um, they're really, really, really cool. And we've got another Money DNA workshop happening the last week of June and some other really cool stuff. Not really doing anything in July because I'm going to be hanging out in Italy and eating pasta and drinking wine instead. As but, one does. Uh, as one does. But there's always something going on. Best thing is to head over to dreamwithdan.com. Uh, click on the events page, grab yourself some free resources and just come hang out. Awesome. 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 Well, what a pleasure. Are you going to uh, take us out with a song? <laughs> just kidding. We no, are <laughs> going now, but it's been great doing this podcast for you. Yeah. Well done. Well done, my friend. Thank you, Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me, Adi. As always, it's been a pleasure. Such a pleasure. Thank you so much to Dan for joining me today and for having me on his show, Do It With Dan. You can go listen to my episode in which we really expand on this conversation. It's a continuation of exactly what we've talked about here today. And we talk about soul strategy, living from a place of expansion, finding your expanders, which is a part of the vision recalibration exercise we started this episode with. You can find that episode in our show notes. It's called Soul Strategy with me, Andy Eaton. And if you've loved this episode, send it along to a friend who may need to hear it. And if you're listening on Apple Pods, go ahead and drop down into the review section. Just scroll down beneath the episode top five stars if you believe that that's what this show is deserving of and leave me a review let me know which episodes have been your favorite which guests have really lit you up or inspired you to consider a new way of taking good care of yourself let me know what you'd like to hear in future episodes and with that I am so grateful every time you do it our reviews help the show to grow And we, that's what we want. We want to get more listeners like you. With that, we are complete. I'm so grateful. As always, have a beautiful rest of your day. Take care. See you next week.